Hey, welcome back. So in this episode, we're going to be diving into um, the whole wonderful world of wellness and how it can benefit women overall. We'll be looking at different ways to boost our physical wellness using exercise and other complementary therapies. We will also explore how we can take better care of our emotional and mental wellness. We'll be talking about the importance of healthy relationships and community involvement for our social wellness. And last but not least, we'll actually dive into spiritual wellness as well. And I'll share some apps and websites for each of the holistic wellness dimensions as we go through it. Um, So get comfortable as we learn how to take care of ourselves in a whole new way on this episode of E-Hack Her Health. Welcome to eHack Her Health, the podcast providing digital and community resources to help women optimize their health. I'm your host, Dr. Kat Andrews. Right. So welcome back to the podcast. So happy to have you. Today, we're going to be looking at a couple of the dimensions uh, on the wellness wheel. Um, Specifically, we're looking at holistic wellness. So holistic wellness, so that we're all on the same page, holistic wellness is an approach to health that considers the whole person. Uh, This includes their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. It emphasizes the interconnectedness of these aspects of health and recognizes that they all play a role in our overall wellness. So by focusing on the whole person, rather than just say specific symptoms or ailments or disabilities, the holistic practices promote overall well-being. And this approach can improve our physical health uh, by reducing stress and anxiety and enhancing mental clarity and emotional health. Now, for women, holistic wellness is particularly important because we often face some unique health challenges related to our reproductive health, hormonal changes, and then there's also the social and cultural factors. So by taking a holistic approach to health, women can address these challenges in a more comprehensive way that increases self-awareness and promotes empowerment. So... While looking at wellness as a whole, there are multiple dimensions. And so for today's episode, we're specifically going to look at more of the physical or health side, I should say, um, of the wellness wheel. So that will include physical wellness, mental and emotional wellness, social wellness and spiritual wellness. Um, We'll do a part two. And in part two, we're going to get more into financial wellness, occupational and environmental wellness and intellectual wellness. Right. So let's get started with the part one. And for that, we're going to start with physical wellness. Now, that refers to the state of being, of course, physically fit and healthy. It involves maintaining, right, healthy body weight, engaging in regular physical activities, getting enough sleep, uh, eating a balanced and nutritious diet, and avoiding harmful substances. So that includes smoking and excessive alcohol, right, and also managing our stress level. 
And a key reason that physical wellness is really essential for women's health is that it helps prevent a range of health problems that are prevalent in women. So for example, regular uh, physical activity actually helps reduce the risk of heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. So maintaining a healthy body weight can also reduce the risk of breast cancer and other types of cancers. So since, you know, physical wellness plays such a crucial role in our health and our well-being, let's look a little bit more into some ways to prioritize kind of the physical wellness dimension. Of course, the first one being exercise and fitness routines, but specifically looking at exercise and fitness routines that are tailored for you as a woman. Uh, Regular exercise, obviously, is essential for maintaining physical fitness, um, but different types of exercise really are beneficial for women, right? So, of course, there's the cardiovascular, there's the flexibility exercises, but what's also really important is strength training. And this isn't anything that you have to go crazy on. For example, if you don't like running, then don't run. But if you love to dance, you like yoga, you like hiking, you should do those things. I know for me, I love swimming. And recently, I actually got a personal trainer and he helped me figure out really the strength training, strength training piece. Since it's been years, I've actually really got into free weights. And by working with him... I was actually able to kind of get really comfortable around using free weights again. And he was able to tailor several workouts for me. So that's one of the things I think that's really good about being able to have a tailored workout. Another important component is the nutritional, um, or I should say nutrition and healthy eating habits. So course nutrition is a fundamental aspect of you know our physical wellness we've heard time and time again about maintaining you know balanced diet making informed food choices um but it really what that means is that you are eating foods that have essential nutrients for your health so they should include vitamins minerals and macronutrients so clearly i'm not saying anything that none of us have heard haven't heard i should say before but what i think is important is really figuring out what is healthy and works for you because there are so many meal options right there's paleo keto vegetarian or vegan mediterranean and the truth is that what is healthy for one person may not actually work for the next for me i had to work with my doctors and a health coach um, and really do some trial and airy trial and error around foods to figure out what was actually a healthy way of eating for me. So it's really important not to be swayed by social media trends and pop culture and instead get um, better information and get better with nutrition by exploring foods you like, uh, different, especially different cultural foods. So whether it's looking at Indian food or Mexican food or um, Asian American food, or just really exploring all the different foods and vegetables that are out there, and then using strategies with those, right? Meal planning, portion control, mindful eating, because these habits will help sustain and encourage all of us to eat healthier. And the third is using integrative medicine and complementary therapies. Now, integrative medicine is a holistic approach to healthcare that combines both conventional medicine with complementary and alternative therapies. As the name suggests, it actually focuses on treating the whole person. And this is from a physical, emotional, mental, 
and spiritual stance. Medical practitioners who use integrative medicine will work with patients to develop personalized treatment plans that address their unique uh, needs and their goals. So complementary therapies are non-conventional treatments that are used alongside conventional medicine. And as a result, it enhances the effectiveness or uh, alleviates side effects. And this has been shown to be very effective uh, for women for some of our most common health issues. For example, uh, acupuncture has been shown to reduce... uh, Yeah, has been shown to reduce, I think, menstrual pains. There you go. Uh, And improve fertility in women. I've actually had acupuncture. It was recommended by my neurologist to treat migraines, and it was really great. Um, Another one is massage therapy that helps alleviate pregnancy-related back pains and also reduces stress during labor and delivery. And then there's uh, herbal, excuse me, there's herbal remedies that can be used to manage menopause symptoms. So if you think those pesky hot flashes, and mood springs, right? So being able to have access or utilize integrative medicines and complementary therapies really do offer a more holistic approach to healthcare that is beneficial for women really at all stages of life. And so some digital supports that go along with, along with that to kind of being able to help you really tap into um, the physical wellness would be um, there's a couple apps. And so just to, to, to kind of disclaimer, the apps that I'm going to mention, none of these apps are sponsors or I'm, am I getting paid by mentioning any of these apps? These are all apps that I have either that I'm currently using or I've tried. And I'm kind of just throwing these out there as options to be explored. But absolutely, you can substitute any of these apps out or really just kind of look at them and see Um, If you like them. So the first one in terms of being able to have an aid or a digital hack is using, of course, my fitness pal, or you can use the use the lose it app. Both of these are really popular because they allow users to track their nutrition and exercise. You can set goals. Um, They both have pretty big databases for like recipes and things of that nature. And for women who use them, you are able to kind of monitor your caloric intake, look at macronutrients distribution, and see what your progress is towards whatever your fitness goal is. Now, as far as exercise, of course, there are tons of apps out there, but there are some that actually specifically target women. And the two that come to mind are the Jillian Michaels app and the Fit On app. Now, of course, Jillian Michaels uh, is the personal trainer who was on The Biggest Loser, and she has an app that incorporates tons of different exercises, including, you know, pregnancy and post-pregnancy. She has meditation and all this stuff built in as well as being able to have recipes. And then the Fit On app is actually a product from Gabrielle Union. Um, She's an actress. And similarly, besides just having tons of exercise on there, that app also has lots of recipes, lots of um, information about exercise and health and fitness. Um, But if you're not into those big apps, there's also some pretty popular ones like uh, Map My Walk, and all trails. And these are really great if you just enjoy doing things like walking or hiking. And these apps actually help you kind of meet some really just personal goals and actually explore different trails and things of that nature. 
All right. So those would be the digital supports that help you with your physical wellness. Now let's look at emotional and mental wellness. So this aspect of wellness is all about mindfulness and minding right? How we think, looking at our behaviors to be able to create a healthy and balanced life. So mental and emotional wellness refers to the state of a person's psychological and emotional well-being. So again, that means being mindful to our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. It encompasses a range of factors. Uh, So think, you know, the ability to manage your stress, uh, being able to cope with challenges, being able to maintain positive relationships and even experiencing a sense of purpose or fulfillment in life. As such, this area um, can greatly impact your physical health as well as your social function and your quality of life. So for women, mental and emotional wellness is particularly important because as women, we are more likely than men to experience certain mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Uh, or post-traumatic stress disorder. And this is due in part to hormonal inflections that incur or that occur during menstruation and pregnancies and menopause. But additionally, we also face unique stressors related to our roles as either caregivers, breadwinners, and as members of a marginalized community. The connection between mental and emotional wellness and women's health is really multifaceted. I, there's so much that can go into this, but I'm just kind of tapping the surface. And one of those factors is how poor mental health can lead to um, poor physical health, right? Such as being able, it, it kind of becomes a downward spiral. When you have poor mental health, that can lead to also chronic pain. It could lead to heart disease and obesity. It could also affect your ability as a woman. It could affect your ability to care for yourself, of course, and your family. It also affects your ability to maintain employment. It affects your ability to um, engage in educational learning opportunities, and it even affects your social activities. Conversely, good mental health or good emotional and mental wellness um, can also improve physical health outcomes that can also enhance your overall quality of life. So here are a few methods on managing mental and emotional wellness. The first one, of course, is very important for all of us, and that is having stress management techniques. All of us need to have effective techniques for managing stress in our life, as stress can have a significant impact on our mental and emotional well-being. So think deep breathing exercises, mindful practices, stress reduction techniques. Um, There's also things such as being able to set boundaries is really key. Incorporating stress relieving activities into your daily uh, routine and then really practicing self-care. And that could be making sure, right, that when you do, um, when you take a shower or a bath, that you do it at a time that you can actually really engage and enjoy the water. Maybe you put candles on, maybe you listen to great music. And you set that time as your private time. You're not multitasking in the bathroom, right? Uh, The other thing that's important besides having stress stress management techniques is doing mindfulness and meditation practices. Now, mindfulness and meditation have gained a widespread usage. It's done with veterans who are experiencing um, mental health 
issues and PTSD. It's done with those who are incarcerated. It's done with CEOs. It's done with preschoolers. It is literally done with everybody because it it's recognized for its positive impact on mental and emotional well-being. The benefits of mindfulness include, of course, stress reduction, but it also helps with improved focus. You have an and enhanced emotional regulation. And then the third one is being able to utilize therapy and counseling services. Seeking out therapy or counseling service can provide valuable support, particularly for women's mental health and emotional well-being. So therapy, whether that is one-to-one or group or online counseling services, um, can address a range of issues. So it could be anxiety, depression, but it could also be self-esteem and or if you're dealing with work challenges or relationship challenges being able to have uh, the option to do therapy and counseling is really important so what would be the digital supports to that you could utilize for your mental and emotional well-being well one would be the shine app this is a mental health wellness app that focuses on managing stress and anxiety through meditation, through community support, and through the practice of self-care. Now, Shine was created by two women of color and was built with diversity and inclusion in mind um, for those who come from a traditionally marginalized group. So this app is all about making sure that those who have usually been marginalized can see themselves reflected in the content. It offers daily meditations, which is pretty awesome. There's text, there's audio clips, there's, you know, self-care courses, there's virtual workshops. It's it's pretty um, encompassing app and it's very popular. Um, so if you don't know about it, you should know about it now. This is one that I highly recommend to people. Um, and there is a free version as well as a paid version. So either one works. Another one that's pretty popular is Calm. The Calm app provides a variety of guided meditations and sleep stories and soundscapes and relaxation exercises. It helps women reduce stress and improve sleep quality, and it can cultivate mindfulness, uh, mindfulness in a daily lives. And then, of course, the other one uh, is BetterHelp. If you are looking for online counseling platform that connects women with a licensed therapist, BetterHelp does that and they do it via video, via phone and via text sessions. Um, and so this is really convenient and accessible because you can do this uh, whether you're at home, you can do it in the office, you could do it on the go. Um, and it's a really great way to be able to access professional support and guidance. All right. So now let's move on to social wellness, which is one I think that's pretty important, but I don't know if we talk about it enough. So social wellness refers to the ability to form and maintain uh, healthy relationships with others. This includes your relationship with your family, friends, colleagues, and community members. Um, it involves having a sense of belonging, feeling connected to others, and being able to communicate effectively. So social wellness is an important aspect as well of our overall health and well-being because social wellness impacts our mental health as well as our physical health. For women, 
The reason why social wellness is particularly important is because we have unique social roles and responsibilities. Women are more often caregivers for not only children, but also elderly parents and other family members, which can lead to social isolation and a lack of self-care. Additionally, as women, we face gender-based discrimination and harassment, uh, and this can happen in our social interactions. And that, uh, conversely, will negatively impact our mental health and well-being. So research has shown, right, that social support can and does have a positive impact on women's health outcomes. So as you can guess, women who have strong social networks or what I call like a good strong uh, social tribe um, are more likely to engage in healthy behaviors and have healthier relationships. They are also more likely, um, also less likely, I should say, to experience depression and anxiety and have a lower rate of chronic diseases that includes things like heart disease and diabetes. On the flip side, social isolation and loneliness can lead, can have a negative impact on women's health. And studies have shown that social isolation is associated with increase of uh, risk of depression, uh, increased risk of anxiety. There is a cognitive decline and it can even lead to mortality. So women who lack social support may be more likely to engage in unhealthy behaviors, probably as a way to escape. And this includes things like smoking and excessive drinking. So for social connections and a sense of belonging, since these are crucial for um, social wellness and for our overall well-being, a couple of techniques for fostering healthy relationships and building support networks is what you need for this. So the first, right, to build healthy uh, relationships and maintain them, this is really all about the promotion of effective communication, um, setting boundaries and cultivating empathy because this is what helps promote good social wellness. So, you know, one of the things I mentioned was being able to have good relationships with, you know, family, friends, all this other stuff, coworkers. But I also mentioned setting boundaries and what may be important for having a healthy relationship is sometimes decreasing the amount of time you spend with certain people that you may not have a choice in, right? There are certain family members and coworkers who may be toxic. So you set the boundaries and the limitations on how much you engage with them because that actually helps promote good mental health as well as maintain kind of some uh, neutrality at best, right, in terms of your engagement with them. But on the flip side, to maintain healthier relationships with the people who you enjoy being around, this is where you get into having date nights, and date nights could be with someone you have a romantic uh, entanglement with, but it could also mean going out with your kids, right? Having a date night with your kids. It could be having a girls night out with your friends. It could be just doing something alone where you take yourself out on a date because you're tired of being around other people, which is the other thing, right? Spending time alone, if you're always bombarded and doing things with other people, it may be that you have a spa day and you just treat yourself and you spend time with yourself and you set that boundaries to be alone and engaged in self-care. Or on the other side, you reach out to a friend or a family member for support if you are feeling isolated or you're feeling lonely or you're just feeling overwhelmed. The other thing to do is to 
engage in community and um, being part of a support network. So engaging in one's community and being part of the social network can greatly enhance social wellness. And when I mean social, or I should say support network rather than social network, but support networks are one of the things that provide encouragement, they give you empathy, and there's a sense of belonging for women who are facing similar challenges or life transitions, right? So you can either get um, support from that or you can even give it, right? When you give to others, you also give to yourself. So get connected with a community program um, that could also look like volunteering at the local pet shelter, you know, part of Humane Society, joining some uh, local organizations, join a book club, right? Join group activities that really are centered around shared interests. Um, so besides the book club, if you want to come, you know, get a two for one, you can join um, a cause that will raise money for walking, right? So if you go out and walk, do a fundraising event that allows you to engage in a community as well as raise money and go ahead and get some good steps in at the same time. So that's how you get the community involvement. Because when we engage in social wellness, this is how we build and maintain healthy relationships with others, as well as improve um, how we're able to kind of see ourselves and how we're part of a community. Now, digital resources for this. There's three that come to mind. The first one is Meetup. Um, I am a huge advocate for Meetup. It was really important for me when I used it about 10 years ago when I moved to Houston, Texas, and I didn't know anybody. It was the first time I'd ever moved out of state um, or into a place where I didn't know anybody. And Meetup is a platform that can help anyone, but particularly women, find local groups and events based on shared interests. It provides opportunity to meet all these new people. You can make great connections. You can engage in all these different activities, everything from like cooking to to book clubs to even just learning a new skill. So you'll find a lot of people who share your passion. Um, and that really does bring on a sense of community. The other one is Eventbrite, which is an event platform. And there's tons of things going on you'll find in your local community on a variety of topics. Everything from employment to um, real estate to business talks to, you know, concerts. And it's not just in your own community. What's awesome is if you happen to be vacationing, you can pull it up and find out what's going on, you know, in the place that you're visiting. So it's kind of something that happens all over the world, which is awesome. You can also create events and post them on the platform. So let's say you are volunteering somewhere and let's say you are doing a fundraiser, let's say for your local uh, charity event and you want more people to come out and buy those cookies you guys are baking or adopt a pet, you can actually put an event on Eventbrite to get more community involvement. So it's a pretty awesome uh, platform. And then the other one is Seven Cups, which I, I think I mentioned before in a previous episode. Seven Cups is an online emotional support service that offers trained listeners who provide an empathetic and non-judgmental support through online chat. It can serve as a really valuable resource for women if you are just listening, seeking somebody to kind of like listen, right? That listening ear, that guidance, or you just need a safe space to kind of share your thoughts and emotions to get stuff out. So Seven Cups is pretty good with that because it provides a really safe community for people to be able to kind of talk about things. 
All right. So those are the digital supports that I offer for social wellness. Now let's transition into the last one that we're going to talk about today, which is spiritual wellness. Spiritual wellness is the state of being connected really to something greater than yourself and finding purpose and meaning in life. Think of it as being in harmony with your inner self and the world around you. So it's not about religion. When we talk about spiritual wellness, it's about finding, again, meaning and purpose in your life, developing a section, a sense of connection to something greater than oneself, and then living in alignment with your values and beliefs. And religion may or may not be a part of that. For women, spiritual wellness is particularly important because it can help us navigate the multiple roles and responsibilities that we juggle including caregiving, the working, and the family obligations. And this is on top of any unique healthcare challenges that we are dealing with, be it reproductive health, be it menopause, it could be a chronic illness, it could be a minor illness, aging, all of those things. Spiritual wellness can provide a source of strength, right, and support during these times. And it really does help women find meaning and purpose in their lives. And also we can connect with others who share our values, There are many different ways to kind of cultivate spiritual wellness, and this can be done through meditation, it can be done through prayer, it can be done through chants, it can be done through mindful practices, it can also be done by spending time in nature. As a woman, your spiritual wellness will likely align more with people uh, that uh, come from a community group or a spiritual organization that shares your beliefs and values. Um, and by prioritizing spiritual wellness as part of your overall health and well-being, women can then cultivate a sense of inner peace and resilience, really, that can help us kind of navigate life's challenges with, you know, more grace and strength. So a few ways that that can that we can kind of connect to that inner self and really nurture our spirit One of the ways that we can do that is kind of exploring our own personal beliefs and values. This will take into account the significance of self-reflection and introspection um, in understanding our own personal beliefs and values. So for women, it's really all about exploring spirituality. And again, whether that's through religious practices or maybe philosophical inquiry, or again, just connecting with nature. The focus is really on aligning your actions and choices with personal value and promoting a sense of purpose. Another way is uh, using different uh, practices, which you can either do daily or just regularly, right? And that would be through things like meditation, through prayer, or even through yoga, right? Spiritual wellness practices offer the benefits that include stress reduction, increased self-awareness, and cultivating cultivating a sense of kind of calm or inner peace. Um, as we know, yoga has grown really big. Yoga is a big one that a lot of people use, but so is prayer and meditation. But being able to build spiritual practices into your regular routine or even your daily routine is um what kind of resonates, what helps us grow. And if we explore a couple different more options to see what resonates with us, then we can have kind of a repertoire of things that we can tap into and that will kind of help us build even more resilience and growth. The digital supports 
um, that we could use to really look at our spiritual journey. Another one that I recommend a lot besides Shine is the UCLA Mindfulness app. Uh, This one was created by the UCLA Mindful Research Center, and it offers things like basic meditation. It also offers guided meditation. There are videos about science and of mindfulness. There's postures for meditation. They even have uh, wellness meditations designed for specific health conditions. There's also, oh, and regarding the UCLA meditation app, you don't have to be a student or an alumni. They actually offer this as a community service and as a, as a service for people to really be able to tap into. So anybody can download the app. All the services within the, the UCLA Mindful app is free. The other one is uh, the Insight Timer. So the Insight Timer is a popular meditation app with kind of a diverse library of different guided meditations, uh, just like the, the previous one. There's, But this one also has mindful exercises as well as talks with spiritual leaders. And so it provides a wide range of options to women uh, in their meditation and spiritual practices and their journey. And then Headspace, which I've mentioned before, um, is while it's primarily known as a meditation or I should say mindfulness app, Headspace also offers meditation exercises with a focus on spirituality. Uh, It provides guided practices and techniques that can help women connect with their inner selves and it even offers um, to explore their, their spiritual dimension. And then there is Spiritual Stories Daily. Now, this app, I believe, is only on Android. I haven't seen it on iOS. Um, But this one offers different stories uh, about spiritual journeys and enlightenment. And the stories come from various sources. They come from some famous people. But really, it looks also at uh, religious traditions and spiritual teachers of various faiths. And so really, whichever options you use, whether you don't use an option at all, you pick up a book, you kind of engage in yoga, prioritizing spiritual wellness um, really can help women find inner peace to cultivate that sense of purpose and really deepen um, our connections with ourselves and the world around us. Okay, so with that, that actually brings us to the end of part one and exploring kind of the wellness dimensions and specifically we're looking at holistic health for this wellness dimension here. And we explored a lot. We looked at kind of the different ranges with regards to self-care. We delved into the importance of the holistic approach of well-being and considered, you know, the interconnectedness between physical, mental, emotional, social and spiritual aspects because it is essentially to recognize that wellness is not a one-size-fits-all in our journey. Each woman's path to well-being is going to be unique and it's going to be influenced by your individual needs, your preferences, and your circumstances. So I encourage you to take what resonates with you from this particular episode and then tailor it to your own lives. So remember... That self-care and wellness are really ongoing practices that require your self-compassion. Be gentle with yourself. Be willing to prioritize your well-being. It is not selfish to invest time and energy into caring for yourself. In fact, when we prioritize ourselves and our wellness, we can better show up for other people and make a positive impact on our community. 
All right. The other thing to remember, too, is to seek out reputable sources. So while I gave, you know, some apps and websites and things of that, for sure, if you are out there seeking, make sure that everything you are looking at does, you know, is reputable and that they also, again, align with kind of your practices and your belief. So thank you so much for joining me on this exploration of holistic health and wellness and how it connects to women's health. Uh, Together, I hope that we can all embrace kind of more of a well-rounded approach to being healthy and living our best life. So stay tuned. I'm going to be coming up with part two of this, where we're going to look more at the Uh, other dimensions of wellness, looking at the, you know, intellectual, financial, and occupational wellness. But until then, make sure you take care of yourselves and be gentle with yourselves. Have a great day. Bye.